You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Fuzzy Memory by Friend of the Fireplace Toledo, who is a horse who writes when inspiration strikes hard enough to brave the prospect of plunking out a story on a giant keyboard with a single hoof. You can find more of his writing, as well as his visual art, in his Fur Affinity and Deviant Art galleries. On DA, he's Toledo the Horse, and on FA, he's the oh-so-obvious Out of the Box, with dashes and KS. Good luck. Please enjoy Fuzzy Memory by Toledo. The television blinked off at the touch of a button. It was about 8pm. The sun had set, and Joe Davis began to ready himself for sleep. Rising from the living room couch and cinching his bathrobe, he carefully worked his feet into his slippers and shambled over to the kitchen. The last of the night's dishes languished in the sink, soaking. He would address their appeals in the morning. After all, it wasn't as if he had anywhere to go. Having retired several years ago, he was free from the workaday blitzing about. Besides, he no longer trusted his reflexes with the operation of a vehicle. At least, not the newfangled ones they all had these days. And he could never get used to the self-driving sort. Didn't trust them. After straining to grasp and pull the knob on the cupboard, he was disappointed to find his vitamins were missing. A moment of consternation passed before he recalled that the week before he had decided it was too much effort to reach for the vitamins in the upper cupboard, so he had moved them to the drawer below. Much easier to open that. But what day was it? S-U-M-T-U-W-T-H-F-S-A? A muttered command called up the Opti, a concession to his technologically inclined children, which flashed the date before his eyes and tinkled it into his ears. Saturday, May 29, 2056. Is there anything else you require? No, nothing else. The Opti flashed off when he adjusted the oral interface. It wouldn't quite fit in his ear. He'd have to get it realigned. He pried open the SA container, spilling the pills out on the counter. An unusually quick reflexive response prevented them from tumbling to the linoleum. It would have been bad had they fallen. He couldn't very well have bent over to pick them up. Yes, I haven't lost it, he thought. Fetching a glass of water from the refrigerator door, he downed the pills one by one by one. The bathroom was a short shuffle away. Out came his dentures, wetly plunked into a cup on the vanity. Joe closed the mirror-fronted cabinet after removing his toothpaste, which he smeared on the bristle of his toothbrush and set to work on his remaining teeth. He contemplated his visage while he made half-hearted, semicircular motions with his brush. Too many wrinkles. His eyes too tired. Eyes. Eyes! He cursed, something he swore he'd give up at least around the grandchildren. Spitting out the remainder of the crest and rinsing his mouth, he opened wide and examined his teeth. Yep, too many points. Trudging out of the bathroom, he lowered himself carefully onto the couch, recalling a time long ago when he had tossed himself carelessly down a similar sofa. A little book decorated with strange symbols and filled with strange words lay propped open between his then nimble hands. Speaking strange sounds in the light of a strangely bright moon, he'd first noticed the surge of energy, the itchiness, the pressure, the rush, the excitement of it. He hadn't thought it would work at all, but it did, and potently. And it worked again, and it worked again, and 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 again, until long, long, long after he was a moonstruck teenager with oddly occult interests and no real human obligations. 
Now, though, he just sat and grumbled. No wonder his joints and fingers were more achy today than in the past week. No wonder his dentures hadn't quite fit. No wonder his senses seemed a bit more sharp. No wonder it felt like he'd sat on his cane. Flipping on the television for some background noise, he kicked off his slippers and activated the opti. He dialed up Sam and mumbled to him, mostly incoherent by now. "'On my way already, Dad,' came the reply. Sam Davis fumbled with his keyring, searching for the one that would unlock his father's condo. This was the third time this year he'd found himself en route to his father's on a full moon night. Dad, bless his heart, was forgetting more and more often, and it was just more prudent to suspect him of forgetfulness than wait until something bad happened. Finding the right key, he opened the door. There, in the cyan halo of the television's light, sat Joe Davis as few people knew him, though the arms crossed in consternation were familiar enough. The muscles had gone sinewy, the pelts a little slack, and his muzzle was flecked by more than its share of white, but when his ears and face flicked over to greet the newcomer, there were those familiar, bright, yellow eyes. Sam sighed, letting a sympathetic smile cross his face. To his recollection, his father had never been dangerous around the full moons. Mostly he'd just locked himself in his room with mother. The children of age snickered at what they knew was going on in there. They did, after all, call it their date night. It was only after Mother passed, nine years ago, that Joe revealed to Sam and his siblings what happened when he, as an impetuous teenager high on paranormal lore, had tampered with real magic. Sam strode over to the couch and sat by his father. Forgot again, huh? A harumph was offered in return, not that he could say much in this form. Come here then, Dad. Sam reached over and hooked his arm around his father's neck, pulling him down to a half-lying position and scratching his head. "'There, there, don't worry, it's okay,' he whispered, humming the melody Joe said had always worked when his wife used it. Sure enough, it wasn't long before the scowl melted off his father's canine muzzle and the tension out of his muscles, replaced by a friendly laxness. "'Let's get you to bed.' Standing up from the couch, he helped his father get up on all four of his padded feet. Sam then grabbed him by the neck scruff and led him over to his bedroom where Joe gave a slightly belabored leap onto the bed and curled up on his side. Rearranging Joe's bathrobe over his furry body as a mostly useless blanket, Sam smiled and gave his father a pet on the head. It wasn't long before Joe was asleep, drooling on the pillow with a tongue out and fangs visible. The light went out, the door closed, and the lock clicked. He should really come live with us. The kids are old enough now. I'll try to convince him again. Sam thought, as he finished the dishes in the sink, put the furniture in order, turned off the television, and made sure every door and window of the house was shut fast. Joe hadn't gone totally feral in years, but Sam was not the type to avoid taking precautions. Calling home to say he'd be spending the night here instead, extra precautions, he thought. He spread out a blanket on the canine-scented couch. After watching a show or two overlaid by some work on his opti, he checked on his father again, still slumbering. He relocked the bedroom door. When he finally went to sleep, the only light in the house behind him was the brilliant bluish glow streaming in from the sky. This was Fuzzy Memory by Toledo the Horse, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.